Thank you, Father. We adore you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. so much think and believe that um, the worship session is a session no believer should ever miss in his life. Hallelujah. And why I say that is because every other activity we do when we come to his presence is something we receive from him. When you hear the word you're receiving from him. Praise God. Almost everything you do in church is receiving from God. But during worship, you are giving something to him. Something more than money is your heart. Praise God. I love him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you don't seem excited to be in his presence. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, this morning's uh, session is going to be quite very short because I'm ending the teaching on the five crowns, which is heaven's reward system or the doctrine of rewards. Hallelujah. So we have explained uh, that there are five crowns described or outlined in the New Testament. We explain that these crowns are, are not just metallic. They are symbolic. It's a royal badge of honor. Crown symbolizes honor. It symbolizes royalty. Awesomeness. So we're saying that the crowns we receive as rewards are royal badges of honor. It's a reward that is giving. Praise God. Uh, the king, um, for the king in Kumasi, the crown he wears is, is just symbolic of who he really is before that too. Because he doesn't go everywhere with that crown. But that crown symbolizes his power. It symbolizes his properties, what he owns. Are you seeing that? He owns loads of lands. It is the crown that symbolizes his wealth, his riches. So, the crowns we receive in heaven is just a symbol of the honor we receive, the riches and the wealth that will be conferred upon us based on our actions and inactions. Praise God. Now, we spoke about the first crown, which we call the crown of what? The crown of righteousness. Which we said is a crown that is given for those who in their eager anticipation of the return of Jesus Christ, conducted themselves in purity and righteousness as they awaited him. For every righteous life that you live for Jesus Christ, you will be rewarded. We looked at the second crown, which we call the crown of what? The, 
the victor's crown or what we call the incorruptible crown which we said uh, it's a crown that is given to, to those who put their body under subjection who, who lived in discipline because of their love for the Lord they disciplined their bodies brought it under subjection to be able to serve the master number three we said the next crown was the crown of what the lavish crown or the crown of what the crown of life which is given to those who suffered for Jesus who withstood persecution who stood for the Lord Jesus went through all kinds of affliction stressed themselves out for Jesus and like I said this thing we are seeing is real it is real Hallelujah. Today we want to look at the fourth kind of crown because we want to look at the fourth and the fifth. I'm, I'm going to make sure we're going to end it today. The fourth crown is what we call the crown of glory. The crown of glory. Or what we call the shepherd's crown. Hmm. Very interesting crown. The shepherd's crown. Or the crown of glory. Uh, give me first Peter chapter 5, the verse 2 to 4. First Peter chapter 5, the verse 2 to 4. Now look, all right, let's read from the verse 1 uh, to get a deeper understanding of it. Okay. Now it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, whom am also an elder, and a witness of the word the sufferings of Christ. And also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Now look at the next verse. Observe this. Now the Bible says, do what? Do what? Feed the flock of God which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof. Not by what? Not by constraint, but what? Willingly. Not for what? Filthy liquor. But what of a ready mind? Now, maybe this seems quite difficult for you. Give that to me in NLT. So you get this thing. He says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. So this is referring to anybody who is in the role of a leadership position. What do I, what do I mean by that? Somebody who, who has got to deal with feeding people, discipling people, helping people to grow. Are you following this thing? So he says, care for the flock. He used the word care. For the flock that God has entrusted to you. He says, watch over it. What? See, don't do it out of compulsion. Willingly. Not what? Grudgingly. Not for what you get. Not for what you get. So this is referring to all those who are leading in any capacity. So, you don't lead for what you get. If I am doing this pastoring thing for what I, I'll get, I should be out. Praise God. He says, but because what? Because what? You are eager to serve God. Now, look at the next verse. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. But lead them by your what? your own good example. So, look, imagine you are discipling a flock in the church. He's telling you that your example should help them 
this is how you get this reward. You lead them by your own word. Good example. Next verse. And when the great shepherd appears, you shall receive what? A crown of what? Never ending what? Glory and and I give that to me in KJV so you see the kind of crown the Bible is talking about. He says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. So the crown of glory is, is a crown that is given in honor to those who helped God's people by feeding them and caring for them. In fact, not all believers will receive this crown. For this crown is for shepherds. It's not shepherds by local church appointment. Because you may not necessarily be appointed as a shepherd, but you can be a shepherd. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can decide to be a shepherd. You can grow so much in God that you can decide that that growth should influence others. Now, you begin to shepherd others. Imagine you close from work. Instead of going home to go and sleep, you visit people. You bring them out. You open the Bible. You start teaching them about salvation. You, you are grounding them in Christ. There is a reward for that. Imagine all these teachings that I'm doing. You listen to it as you are blessed by it. You, you simplify it in notes. Then people you are winning to Christ, you are sending and feeding them every single morning as a devotional. You are feeding them. God is watching. Oh, nobody's watching, but God is watching. You go to the cafe, you put them in typing. You will type it. You will visit the soul and go and give it to him. This is the teaching. Go through it. If you don't understand anything, I'm going to help you. Ah, you are caring for the shepherd, for, for, the, for the flock. You show extreme care for the flock of God. To see them discipled. Listen, until you are discipling someone, you are not yet mature, you know. Until someone is under your spiritual care. Helping someone to grow. Until you get to that place, you are not maturing in Christ. Because we are discipled to disciple. We call that the Great Commission. Jesus sent us. First of all, you see, Jesus discipled his disciples for them to disciple other disciples. For those disciples to disciple other disciples. That's how it's supposed to be. Are you following this thing? So, what is this crown about? So, this crown is for everyone who feeds the flock of God. My goodness. So listen, in any leadership capacity or in any church work capacity you function in, make sure the end result is that people are being discipled to know Jesus. If you're a choir director, it should, it should focus on making people know Jesus at the end. head of technical even assistant 
instrumentalist. At the end of the day, that little role that you may seem as unimportant should end up discipling someone because that is how you receive this crown. goodness so this crown is for pastors is for apostles is for prophets is for teachers is for shepherds in all capacity it's for cell leaders it's for ministers it's for every person carrying out the great commission in discipling the next best thing after salvation is discipleship it is the greatest act of leadership any Christian can involve himself in. You were not called to remain a Christian coming to church for the rest of your life. I'm telling you this. That is not the way of God. It is not the way of God for you to be coming to church every Sunday for the rest of your life. I'm telling you. That is never the original intent of God. If that is what the apostles did, the gospel wouldn't have, wouldn't have come to us. And listen to me. You will never know the capacity and potential God has placed in you until you start discipling people. You'll be amazed. There are some of you here. God, God, God has put 100,000 disciples inside you. But you will never know it. That some of you, you have strong healing graces. You will never see it until you are age 60. There are some of you, God has given you certain graces. It has never been seen on earth before. But I'm telling you, you will never see it until you start discipling. There are some of you, the prophetic grace upon your life. If you start a discipleship, God will start showing you things going on in the lives of the disciples. And you use it to encourage them. To strengthen them, to comfort them. Listen. Who are you discipling? Who is feeding from your spiritual growth? Who? Who is your Christian life feeding? Listen, you must come to a place where your Christian life becomes edible. You must come to a place where your Christian life becomes what? Edible. People can eat from you. They can be fed. They can take their spiritual breakfast, lunch, and supper from you. Look at what you're doing on your status. Look. Your status is never edifying anybody. Who is knowing Jesus? Who is learning? Who is being fed through your status? I condemn my Facebook wall that if it is not fruitful, edifying someone, feeding someone, building someone, there's nothing I'll post there. I'm not saying you shouldn't post any, anything there because some of you are business people. You need to post business there. It's also wise. But behind it, remember, you will never die a business person. So once you are posting your business, make sure Christ either begins or ends it. 
the teaching you, you, you receive, the notes that you have written, all the notes that you have, you go back home and go and throw it away. When you could have made a, 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 a nice structure, you put it on your status. The five crowns. First crown is a crown of what? Righteousness, which is the crown so so and so. Then you put it on your status. You don't know. Maybe three people may view. But out of that three, there was an apostle who read it and he was ignited. That apostle, when he realizes and fulfills his calling, you become a partaker. Catherine Coleman did a conference somewhere. Only one person got born again, which is unusual of her ministry. She sees thousand people getting born again. In that meeting, nobody came out for Otako. Only one skinny man came out. His name was Benin. His name was Benin. The man we see all over the world. It takes one experience with God to see people transformed. I'm telling you. Me, I was a footballer. It was only one prophetic word given by a prophet. One, just one prophetic word that has ended me up today here. Just one prophetic word. I went with ambition to become a footballer. But I was also a drummer. And just one prophetic word. He says, young man, come out here. You are going to be so, so, and so, and so. Since that day, I have never turned. What if that prophet forgot? What if that prophet forgot? Or oh, he missed that opportunity. Look at all of you. Will you have been here? No. There are some of you. There are some, there are some people that need to come out. Where are they? 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 Who is following you to church because of the fire you carry? Who is getting uncomfortable because you have decided that, hey, I'll remain for Jesus? Do you know it can be a conviction? Your life can be a torment to people. They can't sleep. My life torments people. There's a pastor who called me. He says, man of God, when I'm there, I'm imagining what you are doing in your room. So because of me, he's tormented every time. He feels I'm praying too much. So when he thinks of me, his life is tormented. Who is your, who is your life tormenting? Ask somebody. Who is your life tormenting? Your life is not tormenting anybody. Hey. You wake up in the morning, you kneel down your bed. You're not disturbing over your brain. In the name of Jesus. You are my Lord. I acknowledge you in the name of the Lord Jesus. People have chosen to not serve you in my room. But Father, I will serve you. Then the person is on the bed. He's listening. He's like, hmm. He's watching you with one eye. Father, whether they choose to serve you or not, I will serve you. Rakataka, Rapakata, Manakata, Baya, Mamata. They have chosen to go and buy breakfast, but I will fast for you. Ratatata. 
Ratatata, they are eating what I don't care. Randa, Yanda, Rantatakapa, they are watching season movie, but Aquatiatia, it's all for you. Aha. Before you realize, the speed of the eating will start reducing. <laughs> that your life is becoming a torment. I torment my wife every day. Either I'll be in the bedroom praying or she'll be in the hall. One of them. We, we are all at two different places at the same time. But there will be something going on wherever I am. Last time, I prayed to a extent that she felt uncomfortable. Then he started listening to a message on, on YouTube. <laughs> my life is tormenting a year. You won't be fine. You won't be fine. Hey! Are you, you are hiding your Christianity. You are embarrassed to be called a Christian. Meanwhile, light and darkness, which is preferable? The Bible calls an unbeliever an idol. And you are embarrassed to be around an idol. Who is your life tormenting? <laughs> Who is your life tormenting? Who is your life tormenting? This crown is for those who are feeding. Whose life is food for people? Whose life is feeding others? I've made up my mind. I don't know about you. That my life will feed my generation. My life will disciple many. Many, many will be discipled. Many. Praise God. There are pastors today of churches who sleep with their church members, who sleep with their flock. They sleep with their flock. That pastor is in trouble. Because you don't fear. The flock God entrusted into your care. Instead of feeding them, you are removing their panty. Hey! Shepherd! <laughs> hey! This is what scares me. I dare not. Because I'm going to stand before the king as a shepherd to the flock of God. And what I did to them was to sleep with them. You see, many pastors, many pastors will not be okay when they stand before Jesus. I'm telling you. Because they don't know that they were given the highest honor. For people to call you daddy, do things a joke, you are sharing the same title with God. They call you father. They call you daddy. They call you papa. And you are sleeping with them. We don't understand this call. Don't understand it. So it's for church workers. It's for shepherds. It's for ushers. 
is for Sunday school teachers. I'm going to break it down so you understand that you don't just look at someone wearing a clerical. This crown can be for anybody in a leadership capacity who is finding his own way to feed the flock. It's for anybody who has answered the call of leadership. Am I helping somebody? Fulfill your assignment. Care for the flock of God. Someone gave his life to you. Who are you giving your life to? Who is spending your life? Do you know all the times you used to watch all these long season movies can be used to disciple someone? The truth of the matter is that in eternity, what will matter is what we did with time. Time is your only currency in eternity. I'm telling you, time is your only currency in eternity. It's time. What you did with the 24 hours you were given. And surprisingly, those who grow spiritually are those who took advantage of time. Those who fail spiritually are those also who took disadvantage of time. Those who saved souls were those who took advantage of time. Surprisingly, just check it. Those who received rewards in heaven were those who took advantage of time. So you can choose to use your time. Oh, Kobari Soto. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give me Galatians chapter 6 and see this for yourself. To understand that time is an investment. You can, you can choose to use that investment rightly or wrongly. Now, look at the verse 7 and the verse 8. Now, watch this. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Listen, you cannot mock God. Don't think you are smarter than God. Some of you are trying to play smart. God, you know it's not my fault. Lord, you know, how long will you be telling God it's not my fault? When he knows that he has given you his spirit, he has given you all it takes to become a victorious Christian. You can't be saying that. God, you know it's difficult to serve you. Others are serving him. Masa. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth. That shall he reap also. This is New Testament. That means your life is a seed. You are sowing something every single day of your life. That's why you need to check your actions. You are sowing something. Life is a seed. Whatever you are doing now, you are sowing for the future. There are some of you, what you are doing now, you are going to see the real value of what you are doing now in the next 10 years. There are some seeds, when you sow them, it takes 6 months to germinate. So you can easily see it. There are some seeds, it will take 10 years. Go, go. It takes close to 10 years before you start enjoying it. So you may see between now and 10 years, you may see that this seed, is nothing is happening. I'm saying this for the investment. All the carnal investment you are making, some of you reap it after 20 years. And all the spiritual investment you are making, some of you will not see it now. So you may easily tend to give up. Ah, I'm not seeing it. Lord, I've been praying. I'm not seeing the power. Lord, listen. Spirit, eh? eh? If you want to deal with the spirit, it takes patience. Patience. Because spirits don't live in time. So if you are dealing with God, God doesn't live in time. 
So to you, you are expecting that God, I'm expecting six months. God does not respect six months. So you take your time. You are giving, you don't see any results. Take your time. You are working with the spirit. You are praying. You are not seeing results. You are working with the spirit. Take your time. The spirits don't value time. So he's saying, whatsoever a man soweth. How? How? So everything I'm doing, everything I'm saying, everything I'm imagining, even your thoughts is a seed. Listen, your whole life is a seed. Your eyes is a seed. What you are beholding now, you reap it. Your mind is a seed. What you are thinking now, you reap it. That's why a man can think greatness and become great. Because during the time when he was not great, he was seeing that greatness. And he was sowing that seed. What you are doing with your heart is a seed. What you are doing with your strength is a seed. He says, whatsoever a man soweth shall he reap. Now, look at the next verse. This is where the bomb is. He said, for he that soweth to his flesh. That means you can sow on two grounds. Your life is sowing two, two things. Your life is either sowing spiritually or your life is sowing physically, carnally, fleshly. Watch. He says, for whosoever soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Shall of that same flesh you are sowing into. They, see, it's an investment you are making. And you know when you are dealing with investments, it takes time for it to yield. If you are doing three months investment, you will see, you will see the profit in it. If you are doing six months investment, you will see it. If you are doing 20 years investment, hi! You will see it. After 20 years, you realize you are a big man. So he says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Do you know when you open your Bible to do morning devotion? It's a seed you are sowing to the spirit. When you are praying, doing your morning devotion, you are sowing to the spirit. Now so your life must be so balanced. When it's time for spiritual things, nothing takes that place because you know you are sowing. This Christian life is lived by revelation. If you don't know this, you live anyhow. If you now know my life is a seed, we need to be too. I told you my uncle, he was drinking, chasing women, just all, then diabetes dawned upon him. He was not only a diabetic patient too. Now they, his leg was rotting and they told him, get ready because they will chop off your leg. And then some herbal doctor came to help this man and his leg was healed. Since that day, alcohol, that addiction was broken. Because, because of the fear of losing his leg, he doesn't want to be an Apache. So that was the revelation he received. 
So revelation should serve as a guide. Sometimes revelation should put you to fear. Holy fear. I am sowing to the spirit or to the flesh. You got to say that to yourself every single time. I am sowing to the spirit or to the flesh. I am sowing to the spirit or to the flesh. Say that. I am sowing to the spirit or to the flesh. I am sowing to the spirit or to the flesh. And you know the, you know, you know the amazing thing? You may be sowing. What you may be sowing into may be something secret nobody is seeing. Yet you are still sowing. When you are reading your Bible, somebody is seeing. Huh? Nobody seen. When you are stealing from company, somebody seen. <laughs> Nobody sees. So whether it is to evil, whether it is to sin, or it is to the righteousness, it is a seed you are sowing. This is what guides my life. Every single day, I need to make spiritual investments. And when we appear in heaven, it is our investment that speaks for us. How much investments do you have to the spirit? All the things you sow to the flesh, they will crash. They will crash. And you come merely having no glory. And that shame and regret will remain with you forever. Sow to the spirit. Hallelujah. Next crown. The final crown. We call it the crown of rejoicing or the soul winner's crown. First Thessalonians chapter 2 the verse 19. Now, watch that. Thank you, Lord. So now, he says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye. Paul was talking to his converts, the people he, he got born again. He says, What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? So Paul is saying the believers he got born again, there is hope in eternity. That when he looks at them, his hope is that he'll be rewarded. They are his joy and they are his crown of rejoicing. When he looks at them, he rejoices because those are his crowns. Every soul you got born again is your crown. I'm so glad I got an Uber driver born again on Saturday. I know I have a crown. He says, I'm not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Look at Philippians chapter 4, the verse 1. Paul called the souls in Philippi his crown. He says, therefore, my brethren, so these are human beings, not metallic. My brethren, dearly, beloved, and longed for, my joy and what? He called those believers he got born again his crown. Mine crown. Mine crown. So every soul you see is your crown. Are you seeing that this thing is not metallic? So the believers that surround you, that becomes the crown in heaven. And they will stand with you. Hallelujah. So this crown is given to 
believers who want souls. Who are obedient to the Great Commission. You may be in Ghana, you may be in China, you, you may be in US. It doesn't matter. Find a way of reaching people to get them born again. Whichever means possible you have available, get people born again. Get people born again. And listen, you know, sometimes we have limited born again experience to altar call. Altar call is not more than thousand years old. It's something that came later on. Apostle Peter didn't preach and say, whoever wants to accept Christ, come forward, lift up your hands. No. So, don't let us be trapped religiously by altar call. It is not only those who lifted up their hands and said, Jesus, that, that I've gotten born again. That's why we can be sure that there are more people who are getting born again more. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, so you can be sitting at home watching television, a TV program, a crusade on a TV program, you don't need to come for another call. If not, how are Muslims saved in uh, Arab countries? There are people who got born again just by watching Pastor Chris. There was no water call. But they believed in, they believed in their heart. In, in Acts chapter 10, you can go and read. The Bible tells us that while Peter spoke, the Spirit fell upon them. The Holy Ghost cannot fall upon you and enter you until you are born again. So when he was preaching, they believed. And the Bible says they began to speak in tongues. And Peter was shocked. Because Peter thought he can trap God in a body. You see, God cannot be trapped. He thought he can trap God by preaching when he's done. You know, he, he wants to flex small. While Peter spoke, the Spirit fell upon them. The Holy Ghost fell upon them and they began speaking in tongues. Unbelievers don't speak in tongues. Are you following what I'm saying? So, that means someone can watch your WhatsApp status and say, Jesus, Jesus, I love you. He's born again. <laughs> It's interesting. He can watch a video on your status, on your Facebook wall. That's why I see, never be discouraged. Never be discouraged. If four people watch your status, don't be discouraged. Be discouraged if what you put there is fruitless. But if what you are putting there is spiritual, never be discouraged. I never knew how my ministry was impacting people until I go to town. I meet people in town. He says, man of God, I have been listening to your teachings. Your teachings have changed my life. I say, hey, how? I've never met this person anywhere. Just my posts, my articles, my small YouTube and audios. Anywhere I go. During the all night, someone came all the way from Central Region. He never showed himself to me. I saw his text message. He says he came from Central Region because my message changed him. And he came for the all night. He said he's coming with another friend from central region it's amazing i went for a program when we closed i saw people surrounded everybody has come to me say man of god we have been listening to your teachings my life is blessed my life is changed i'm never the same again i've recommended your message for people and people are changed i said wow wow so you can imagine the number of souls that have been saved 
I am doing my part. How are you doing yours? One of our pastors here decided that any truck truck I sit in, he will preach. And the tremendous results. Well, you know, people don't want to listen to preachers again in truck truck because of how they preach. Just condemn people without telling them about Christ. Their messages don't produce conviction. It produces condemnation. Listen, my messages don't produce condemnation because I can't condemn you in Christ. But my messages produces what? Conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. So, in your own capacity, make sure your life evangelizes. Everything around you is kingdom-centered. It's eternity-centered. I'm telling you. Because this crown is for soul witness. Soul witness. Don't be uh, a casual Christian. So he preaches in the car. And he said he's got to, he realized that most of the people in the truck truck are, at least most of them are born again. But the problem is that though they are born again, they don't know their salvation. So all my messages are about spiritual growth. We said we grow by what? Eating. We grow by breathing. We grow by what? Spiritual exercise. That becomes his message. And he tells you that you may be born again, but you see, you, you must be sure of your salvation. You must grow spiritually. When he, when he starts to teach about spiritual growth, all the people in the car give him attention because they know they are not growing. He will finish preaching and sit down. Someone will come and bless him. Then Ghana see this. He doesn't need it to, but he will take it. Someone say yes, and they will you and I ain't a yeti hunger crack a crack. Yes, we win you woo. Obey the day hunger and get it, get it, get it. Yen, I ain't a yeti hunger. Into yes, woo no, I ain't in fasso. Amen. If you realize that, you, you don't have that confidence. You don't have that confidence. You are waiting for the Holy Ghost to make you confident. Get some tracts. Talk to one of the prophets. Talk to one of the shepherds. Can you prepare some mini tracts for me? When you sit in a taxi, if four people are in a taxi, you give it to them. There are great people who got born again by just reading a simple tract on salvation. And next year, we are going to, give, we are going to print thousands of tracts here. We are going to group them. One for salvation, one for spiritual growth, one for prayer. We are going to do thousands of them. It's going to be in a mini booklet form. Because of our team next year, if I tell you the team for next year, next year is glorious, I'm telling you. You're going to have thousands of them. So now those of you can talk, now you can talk. I have a gift for you. Take it. The person will be there. The person may behave as though, what is this? Don't look at that. Pray over the papers. Give it to him. Give it to him. He does not want to read. He will read. Even after six months, one day he will, he will be crying. Also now. <laughs> Listen. Listen. He takes it. He opens it. 
gets born again. Someone got born again. He was collecting baller and realizes that inside the baller there was something that was beyond baller. It was a small paper. When he was checking what it was, by the time he finished reading, he got born again on a baller. See, God can use anything. You don't get this thing. You don't get this thing. I thought you rejoice and give God the glory, man. So, if God can use baller to get people born again, then your iPhone 13. Your Samsung Tab A7. I don't know the phones. If I would have mentioned all of them. Because it's here, I know. Young kids, the young boys, on mobile phone. Hallelujah. It can get someone born again. Your life is a seed. You type it on your status. ILP 2021. You put it there. You may put it on Facebook. You get two likes. <laughs> and you'll be like, people don't care. People don't care on this platform. You are lying. People care. Just that some of them are proud. Listen, you have 5,000 friends on Facebook. When you post something on Facebook, you have only 100 likes. I am telling you, about 2,000 of them watched it and ignored you. Praise God. Don't you view people's stuff and then you, you still cross. You cross over or pass over. Yeah. It's the same way people have also been doing it to you. So, most of the people who are blessed by my ministry and by my posts are people who don't like and comment. And I meet them in town everywhere. So, listen, you have a good chance. You have a good chance, I'm telling you. A soul winner's crown. Win a soul for him. Don't broadcasting. Maybe you, you realize that standing before people will be a problem. I imagine it's not a problem because everybody is on their bed. Free range. You are going to save money. You are going to buy mini speaker. Like what you have been using. Do you know that when you are doing that, God is watching you. You are saving all your money. You are saving all your money. When I started my Christian life, I was so broke that I decided to buy a concordance. I saved my, I saved everyone because I wanted to know him. I wanted to know him. When I bought that concordance, I came back home. The Holy Ghost said, go and give it to your spiritual father. Something I used about six months to save. I said, God, how? This is my giving life. started years ago. And most of the time, it's God that speaks to my heart. And I went to give it to him. That evening, I had a dream that Dr. Miles Maroon of Blessed Memory appeared to I was I was in his church sitting on his right hand when he was preaching. He said, young man, get up. Then he says, I've given you my wisdom. And he blew air on my forehead. <sighs> when I woke up, that air was on my forehead for three hours. Since that day, my understanding of scripture changed. God said, the concordance that you give out, I have given it to you. <laughs> Amazing. But that was just by the way. You can do dumb broadcasting. Preach to people in the lecture hall. If you know you have that confidence, take the mic and preach. Some of you are hiding your maturity. How? A ripe mango doesn't hide itself. Have you ever seen a ripe mango hiding in the, in the, in the vine or hiding on the branches? No. 
it reveals itself. Let your maturity come out. As you are growing, let people see you are growing. Preach to people. In a lecture hall, the boys, you know, you know, people have ego. It's normal, it's natural. There are people you'll be preaching, they'll be typing on their phone, but they are listening. You'll be shocked. It's as though they don't care about what you're saying. They're on their phone, just they don't laugh. There are, are some who watch you like this. And you are preaching passionately. So when you look at that guy, you may want to stop preaching. Or you look at that lady, it looks, the looks is so disrespectful. It's as though hurry up and go. Don't worry. Actually, he's saying hurry up, keep preaching. Yeah, you don't know. So that's what I'm saying. Listen, don't be checking people's gestures and postures to determine some of these things. Keep doing it as long as you know it is bringing glory to God. Hallelujah. Get people born again. It should be a concern to you. At the end of the month, ask yourself, who is my life getting born again? Who am I speaking the gospel to? Amen? Are, are you blessed? Alright, so just bow on your heads. You want to pray and say, Lord, make me a soul winner. Lord, give me a desire to win souls. Lord, increase my appetite for more of you. Increase my passion for souls. I'm enjoying today's service already. I feel the Holy Ghost here. 